Although it's a new year, many of the same challenges continue. COVID is still here. Its impacts are still with us. We still may not be in the office again anytime soon in 2021, and financial issues and remote learning for the children are still with us. Greetings again, I'm Adam Morgan. Helping us handle the issues of a past year this new season, again from the Adams County Community Read Center, is Dr. Cameron Canna. With parenting, I think two huge things that come up a ton, even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, is the first is this idea of you really need to kind of love yourself before you love your kids or in order to love your kids. So love yourself in order to love your kids. Um, because they pick up on a lot, you know, they're, they're not dumb, like from the very earliest age, like they can sense your emotions and they can sense how your tone of voice and they can sense your stress levels, just like we do with other people. And so if you feel like you're fooling them into thinking everything is okay, that's probably not working. And so making sure that you're taking care of yourself, having those feelings, processing them, thinking through them, and just acknowledging them and helping your kids understand, like, this is just part of life. Stress is a normal part of life, and we're going to do this, this, and this. Um, and then I think also on that, having good boundaries with them around loving yourself and finding those adults to connect to. Because I have seen sometimes parents lean too much on their kids for support, and that's just not usually the healthiest way to go. Um, it's, it's better to have those kind of adult-to-adult support relationships. So right. love yourself in order to love your kids. I think the calmer you are, the better you are, the healthier you are, the better you're able to parent. And then the second piece is I always think about like character over compliance. And this may get, you know, different people have different value systems. So this may not fit for everybody, but I really think when we're, when we're raising children during this pandemic, we're going to be really tempted to just have them behave. Um, because they're driving us crazy and they're stressful. I mean, I'm in my garage right now doing this interview because I have uh, my kids at home, you know, because they're doing remote work and I didn't want to be interrupted. And so it's like all these sacrifices you're making, but at the same time, like we need to take those moments and help them understand why we're doing the things we're doing, why the discipline is the way it is, where we want them to grow, help them think through problems, things like that, instead of just saying, you did this thing, now here's your punishment. Um, so yeah, I'd say those are the two biggest things. And then again, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug us again, community reach center and, and your local mental health provider. If you're feeling a little out of control or you feel like your kids are struggling, um, that it's just so helpful to have somebody again to just talk through and think through those different situations because it is so situation specific a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I know your kids are smaller, but uh, do parents who have teenagers perhaps? Uh, uh, support and talk to them differently than smaller kids. Maybe teenagers can decipher a lot of the other things that are the abstracts that are going on, but the parent may have to uh, position it for them as to what it means to them and their family so that teens don't internalize and, and Lord knows hear what their friends are saying on top of it, you know, which may lead them in a wrong direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you said that. I think that's something that sometimes people forget about two things sometimes people forget about is first is there's a development process, you know, and young kids aren't thinking like adults all the way. I mean, it's probably not until early twenties that people can really kind of think in the same way that a 30 or 40 year old can. And so making sure that we're kind of 
adjusting our conversations and tone and and depth and abstractness, concreteness, all of that. And we know that like usually around puberty is when uh, children start to really get that sense of abstract reasoning. They can kind of think in more existential ways and think about the world and the values they have. And so I'd say, yeah, absolutely around that age and above, talk to them about the big thing. You know, what are your family's values? What are your family's beliefs? If you have spiritual and religious beliefs, I think it's great to be integrating those and helping kids understand from that perspective. Um, that way they can start making sense of things because what they, what they really need are, are frameworks, you know, kind of frameworks, yeah. and we call them schemas, like cognitive schemas, um, that they interpret the world through, and we want to help them create adaptive and healthy ones as they move forward, and it just becomes more and more important as they enter that, you know, kind of abstract thinking age around 12, 13, 14. I think in the state of Colorado, we still have one of the nation's highest incidents of youth suicides. And uh, with this, uh, things that's going on now as it continues, that has the potential to to increase that even more. So parents have to really spend probably a little more time, you know, even though there may be remote schooling there, uh, but spend time with them to understand how they are processing the events of the world and the events that are going on that affect uh, not only the family's life, but their life personally as well. Absolutely. And, I mean, you're, you're, you're very correct that suicide risk goes up, especially during, during crises. So we're in one of those and then around the holidays. And so asking, I would say adults too, asking friends, family, kids, anybody that seems like they're really struggling, you know, some of the things we look for as kind of warning signs are, you know, increases in substance use. Do they talk about suicide and think about suicide? Do they seem like they don't have a purpose in life? Are they experiencing a ton of extra anger? Are they starting to seem hopeless, like they don't talk about the future very much? Are they isolating, withdrawing, just not wanting to be around people? Huge you know, increases in anxiety um, or mood changes. And then the kind of last big one is, you know, how impulsive and reckless are they on average? You know, if the more impulsive someone yeah. is, the more likely they are to do something like that. Um, and so, yeah, if, if any of those things start to escalate, you know, first, if somebody is in imminent risk, always just call 911, get help there. If you find somebody who's already attempted, things like that. Um, otherwise, we have... Again, you know, we've got uh, crisis lines throughout all of Colorado. So that's the Colorado Crisis Services, one eight four 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 nine three talk or you can just text them, uh, text TALK to 55. Those are both really good resources if you're in one of those spots where you're trying to figure out what to do for somebody or help that person get connected with some resources. Um, and then another thing that we have, and I can't remember if I already talked about this yet, but it's super cool is we have a, a new program at Community Reach Center called Colorado Spirit. And so this is right. something that's kind of in between a crisis counselor and a therapist and kind of a lay person. You know, so these people aren't, you know, they're not like, it's not a licensed mental health provider, so they're not going to provide a diagnosis or treatment or any of that kind of stuff. They don't bill your insurance company, but they are trained in listening, supporting helping you think through some problems, helping you get connected to resources. And so I think that is a, a huge resource, and I'm so excited about that. So I uh, definitely want to promote that. The number to call is 
303-853-3579. Um, or the number again, you can always call our front desk, 303-853-3500. Okay. All right. And that's a new program that you just started then. Yeah. Yeah, it just launched, uh, gosh, I don't remember when, but very recently, last last month or month or two. I, I don't remember if I mentioned this. The other really great thing about Colorado Spirit is it costs zero dollars, and so it's all uh, it's all free to the people that call. Just wanted to make sure I clarified that because sometimes people get nervous about not wanting to spend money. It's a great resource um, for anybody. You also have a, a program for people uh, uh, dealing with uh, COVID, but that's the Colorado Spirit that you just told me about. I think, right? Yes. So that that's. That's specifically kind of the reason we started it was we noticed a lot of people struggling with COVID stress, basically, COVID fatigue, whatever you want to call it. And so that's mm-hmm. the primary purpose of this. Um, they are a great resource to call if you're starting to feel overwhelmed or distressed or don't know what to do. And, again, they can help you think through that, um, listen, support you, and it's totally free. A lot of people in America are very, very happy that we're on a trail with a COVID vaccine. However. It's a long tunnel before you get to the end of it. Maybe this summer you may get a uh, a shot or something to help yourself out. What things could people do who could look down that tunnel to keep them strong and resilient as they go through the next bunch of months when it's going to be the darkest period of the year, the coldest period of the year, and you can't get a shot yet until the middle of summer? Uh, there's a little bit of fortitude you got to have to get there. Yeah, and especially, you know, just seeing some other people, you know, if there's, I don't know exactly what the distribution will be, but I'm assuming there's going to be prioritization for certain populations. I know healthcare, high risk, things like that. And just seeing that and having to wait could be incredibly frustrating for people. And I, I say go back to those first things we talked about, eat, sleep, um, exercise, and connections. Stay, stay with that, and then I think, you know, think about your thinking. You know, we, we call that metacognition, and basically is are the thoughts you're thinking helpful? Um, think about big picture, kind of, I like to call it zooming out. Other people call it other things, but zooming out and thinking about, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old, and Six months out of 37 years is not that huge of a deal, and I can I can do it. We've done it for almost a year now with COVID, yeah. and so a few more months is is nothing. Um, and you know, just kind of holding on to those those hopes, you know, or those uh, those thoughts, and then really trying to just embrace the hope and recognize that you know, lean, lean on your energy for the future. Lean on knowing that this is coming and this should help us move towards a more normal society again. The other huge thing is just anytime like there's jealousy or frustration with a life circumstance, something I use all the time, and I know it's not perfect for everybody, but it's just really focusing on gratitude and what I'm thankful for. And, you know, that's an activity my kids and family have done for, I don't know, years where we just say three things we're thankful for every night before dinner as we're, you know, kind of eating and chatting and, and it's amazing how these little little tiny tricks like that can really help you feel better. You can focus on uh, one day or this day my shot is coming. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, get a calendar get out, circle it, get excited, you know. You mentioned about the future, too, and the last thing that we'll, we'll uh, touch on here real quick is 
there are a number of people who want to go back to February 2020. And I, you know, I told them February 2020 is never going to exist again. We're going to have a whole bunch of new normals to embrace, you know, the way we use Zoom, you know, even right down to uh, some uh, office managers saying maybe we don't need this floor space because the doctor and everybody are having a good time working at home. So uh, they're going to have to also, uh, as a part of that end of the tunnel, embrace a new normal and be ready to be a part of that, to be ready to contribute to it. Is that something that's mentally healthy for them to think about and to look forward to and what their role might be in it or how they will participate in it? Yeah, I mean, if you think about 9-11 was probably the biggest thing in my life that had this kind of major impact on the world and so many different yeah. ways of thinking after that. And we had to grieve some losses about some of the luxuries we had with security. And eventually it kind of starts to become normal. And yeah, you know, it'd be great to go back to the old day and wouldn't it be great if we had this or this. Um, the the other thing that I think is is really helpful is to, like you were just saying, think about like, what else is going to be better because of this? Yes, we're going to lose a ton of things. We're going to grieve these losses. What's changed? How have I grown as a human? How have I built a better experience? You know, I think the, the telehealth phenomenon is something I've been wanting uh, for years. You know, I know our agency has been working on it for years, and this kind of really pushed a lot of insurances and providers to experiment with telehealth that maybe would have never done that. And so that's going to give us an ability to have better access to care and support people who have health concerns or can't get out of the house. I mean, it's going to do huge things. Would I have rather had that happen because of some other reason? Absolutely. But, you know, if we, if we stay too stuck on the past and nostalgic about how things used to be so much better, it's just going to, again, create that kind of down Eeyore style of thinking that usually is not, super healthy. And so I think yeah, yes. we always need to be thinking about, okay, this was awful. This sucks. This is bad. Let those feelings happen. And then after that, as we're moving forward, think about, okay, now what? Now what can I do to make my life meaningful despite all this chaos? Now, is there any other insight uh, we fragile ones need to get from you so we'll be in better shape going ahead getting um, these ho holidays and into 2021? I think the last advice I'll give is everybody just try to be nice to everybody. It makes a huge difference. Like I always work with like kids and talk about catching honey or uh, catching more flies with honey than vinegar. And I think as grownups that works too. So let's just everybody try to be nice to people and that will help collectively with our mental health. On this edition, we thank Dr. Cameron Cannon for making a mentally healthy house call with us again. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. Mask up when going out. And many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.